Welcome back to the Under One Love podcast. Today we're going to be scratching the surface of estate planning. Two of the most important things to consider when estate planning are life insurance and a will. So who needs life insurance? Well, anyone who is depending on another person's income, that person whose income they're depending on would need life insurance anywhere from 10 to 12 times the amount of their income. For example, a spouse. Let's say that a spouse works and makes $50,000 a year. That person would need anywhere from five hundred dollars to $600,000 worth of term life insurance on themselves in case of their passing, their spouse can be provided for. Also, if, they, if you have kids, if you're not married but you have kids, your kids are dependent upon your income to some extent, which means that you should have life insurance to protect them in case of you no longer being able to, to provide an income. Another example of someone who would need life insurance would be even a stay-at-home parent. The reason a stay-at-home parent would need term life insurance would be because they add a lot of value to the family unit. If a, if a stay-at-home parent passes away, well, the parent who is working has to figure out what to do with the children and can no longer go to work and provide that income. So they're going to need something to sustain their, their lives, the livelihood of the family, until they can figure things out and recover from the incident. As you've heard me say, term life insurance. That's the only type of life insurance that I recommend and there's a lot of reasons which you can catch on the life insurance part of the estate planning podcast, which will be a different episode. But for now, we're gonna stick with a will and we're gonna go over the details of a will, who needs a will, why you need a will, things like that. So let's get started. First, I wanna touch on some of the basics as far as the legal side of having and executing a will. In order for a will to be legal, it needs to be signed by you, it needs to be witnessed by two witnesses, and it needs to be signed and notarized by a licensed notary. The two witnesses have to be semi-specific. They cannot be any family, whether it's by blood or by law, they cannot be your beneficiaries so it would be ideal to pick someone that is a family friend for example so what that looks like is once your will is all compiled with all the details that you want to have on the will you're going to then take that to your licensed notary along with your two witnesses you're all going to sign it there in the presence of the notary and then the notary is going to notarize it. You wanna make sure that you sign it in the presence of the notary because if you do it ahead of time, it's just gonna make it a lot more difficult on the notary. They need to take down your ID and your, your information and they need to witness you signing the document. One of the typical concerns is that a, a will is kind of a one and done thing. Like you get one shot to figure it out and get it taken care of. But what many people don't know is that you can rewrite your will at any given time for any given reason. Example, if someone, one of your beneficiaries, for example, let's say that they uh, pass away, unfortunately, you would be able to rewrite your will to remove them from the will. But the kicker is you're going to have to have it signed by you, witnessed by your two witnesses or any other two witnesses and notarized again.
the next thing as far as legal terms is having a durable power of attorney. What is a durable power of attorney? A durable power of attorney is a person that you select who can transact business on your behalf in case of you becoming disabled or no longer of sound mind. What type of business are we talking about? Things like, let's say for example, you need to sell your home. You've written in your will that once you become disabled or no longer of sound mind, that you want to sell your home. But of course you wouldn't be able to do it, so your durable power of attorney is going to be the one who's able to transact that business on your behalf. Another example is doing things like cashing checks or paying bills. Selecting your durable power of attorney and having your durable power of attorney is very important. You want to make sure that this person that you list has been well thought of, is someone that is going to honor your wishes and enact everything on your will just as you would, you would prefer them to do. So you really want to take the time to sit and think about who you're going to choose. And you can choose more than one person in case one person can't uh, fulfill their duty as your durable power of attorney. Another important thing is making sure that you have a durable power of health care. This person is going to take care of your medical needs in case you are unable to answer for yourself. Things like whether you want to choose conventional medicine or natural medicine. So again, this is someone who's very important and someone that you really want to take time to think about and make sure you pick someone who's going to respect and honor your wishes and do them just as you would like them done. Another important step of the will is if you have kids, choosing a guardian for your kids in case of you and your spouse passing. Or if you're single, you have sole custody of the kids and just you pass. You want to make sure that you're picking someone again who's going to honor and respect your wishes of how you want your children raised, someone who has the same types of values as you and someone who's going to do the right thing when it comes to raising your children, someone who you can trust. You wanna make sure that you really sit and think long and hard about this, make sure that you have the right person, make sure that you're confident with who you list, make sure that you and your spouse fully discuss this, and it could take a while, which is okay. But at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you have someone who's going to be a proper guardian for your children, someone that you both agree upon, and someone that you're comfortable leaving them with in case of you passing away. One of the reasons this is so important is, let's say that you're a single parent who has sole custody of the children, and your ex-spouse is an unfit parent. Well, if you pass away and you haven't listed a, a proper guardian, on your will and you don't have legal documentation of who you want that to be, the ex-spouse could come in and fight for custody of the children and could possibly win over who you would want to be the guardian of your children and that's just going to be a bad situation, especially at the time of your death. Another thing is if you have clear instructions on your will for who's going to be the guardian of your children, you're not going to have everyone trying to think and figure that step of, of your death out when that comes. You want to make sure that it's it's easy, it's written down, and everyone understands what the game plan is so that it's easier on the children and it's easier on the rest of the family who's impacted by the death. Now to make sure that everything is clearly understood, 
I recommend sending an email to everyone who's involved in the will. That is guardians, trustees, durable power of attorneys, durable powers for healthcare, etc. You want to send an email to everyone that's involved in the will of the general details of the will, like who the kids are going to, who the assets are going to, things like that, and you want to make sure that everyone responds to the email. Now, you're going to probably have some hurt feelings when you do this, but you know what? That's okay. And the reason that's okay is because I believe that it's unkind to be unclear. So you may as well just get these hurt feelings out of the way, make sure that everything is clear so that at the time of your passing, because it's going to happen, at the time of your passing, there's no lack of clarity and everyone's on the same exact page, everyone knows what the game plan is, and all of the tough decision making has been handled previously by you. So there's no surprises. I'll give you an example of what it looks like if you don't have a will established, what can happen at the time of your death. Let's just say that you have a home and you have two sib or two children. You have a verbal agreement with your children that the younger child is going to receive the house at the time of your passing. Well, when you pass away, the older child can decide to fight for the house if they want to, and they could very well win uh, a stake in the house. Now, everyone's going to incur a lot of legal fees and there's going to be a lot of drama involved. And, you know, this is something that does happen. I, I was told a story of something almost identical to this. There was a lady who had three children. She was going to give the house to the younger child and she was going to give equal dollar amounts of the home's value to the older two, two children. But this was all verbal. So at the time of her passing, that's exactly what they thought the game plan was, but the older two children decided to fight for the house. They did fight for the house, and they ended up, everyone had to sell the house and divide the profit three ways. This can all be avoided just by being responsible and taking the steps necessary to make sure that you have a detailed legal will. The younger sibling of that story said, you know what, our family from that day on will never be the same. And guys, this happens more often than you would think. This happens way too often, way more than it should, just because someone wasn't responsible enough to take the little bit of time that it takes to execute a will. And really, it does not take that much time at all. I'm talking a few minutes up to a couple hours, maybe a few hours over the course of one to three weeks while everyone is doing their part while you're getting all the documentation in order and while the attorneys are doing their part. It's definitely worth it to take the time to be as detailed as you can on executing your will in order to leave a legacy for your loved ones and your family. It's going to enhance your legacy the more time you take on it and the, the more you make sure that all your bases are covered. Also, you want to write down a list of valuable things, things that have value, as well as things that have sentimental value to you or to someone else. And you want to write down who those things are going to. For example, maybe every time your grandkids come over, you read them each their own specific book that they really love. And when you pass away, you want to give them that book. That would be something to include on this list. 
another example of something with sentimental value could be something like trophies that you won that you want to pass on to your kids or grandkids. Next, something to take care of in the will is your burial instructions. One of the many reasons to have burial instructions is because, again, the time of your death is not a time that you want to force your family to have to think and make decisions. If you don't know, I'm just going to tell you, people tend to make really bad decisions when emotions are paving the way. And financial decisions are in no way an exception to this. Things in at the time of death, things like a casket, for example, can get very expensive. I've seen a casket be as expensive as $20,000. And when the people in your circle are forced to make decisions on what to do once you pass away, they can easily make a decision like this that's going to be extremely costly that could have been avoided if only you just had your burial instructions and the rest of your will in place. Because when you have your burial instructions in place, the people in your circle, your loved ones, your family, whoever it may be, they're going to have all those same emotions, but they're no longer going to have to make decisions. They can read a list of instructions. You know, They can read through the emotion. They can read through the tears. Now, you might be thinking something along the lines of, well, I don't really need a will right now. I don't have anything that's of too much value, or I'm not very old, or I'll do it when I get things that are more valuable, when I have more assets. But here's something to consider. Even the celebrity prince, the one, you know, he just passed away not too long ago. I think it was a couple years ago now. Even Prince didn't have a will in place. And I don't know the reason that he didn't have a will in place. But it just goes to show you that not everyone, even if you get to this level of more assets like he was, like he had, you know, millions of dollars, even then still people don't execute a will. The bottom line is everyone needs a will. Whether you have a lot of valuables or not, whether you have a lot of things that have sentimental value to someone else or not, you still need a will to take care of all the things that you do have and to take care of what's done upon your passing. Again, this is not something that you want to force people to just make decisions on when there's all the emotions involved. Whether you're young or old, whether you're married or not, you want to have a will as part of leaving your legacy. Um, whether you have someone to leave that legacy to, that's a different story. But nonetheless, you want to make sure that all the, the steps that are available are taken care of to leave a legacy behind. And the reason that I'm passionate about this, the reason that I include this in my coaching practice is because I think that leaving a legacy is very important as it is a biblical concept. Like I said at the beginning, two of the easiest ways to ensure that you leave at least some form of a legacy behind is to have term life insurance and a will. These are both really easy to, to handle and for the most part, pretty inexpensive. So a simple will is going to ensure that everything goes very smooth if you become disabled and can no longer be responsible for yourself or if and when you pass away. So again, we're scratching the surface here on a will. There are more details to having and executing a will, but these are the basics that you need to know. In the meantime, 
I'll leave you with one of the many scriptures that inspires my passion for estate planning and personal finance overall. And the scripture is Proverbs 13.22, which simply says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. It's really hard to fulfill that duty, according to Proverbs, of being a good man, leaving an inheritance to your children's children, if you don't have these simple things like we've just talked about in place. Be sure to look for more information and help at underonelove.org. And on that note, I am signing off. Thank you guys again for joining and make it a great day.